I don't know if you've ever been nervous and going for a job interview. <clears throat> like so nervous that you, uh, when you're filling out the application, you end up putting your name on the address line. And like saying, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm Ted Jackson and live on Ben Mulman Street. Can, you can end up kind of putting out a confusing uh, message. Uh, in your first time meeting, you know, a prospective employer. It can be pretty embarrassing. Um, I'm glad that God hasn't confused the message or given us a confusing message. Um, and I want to look at the story, um, pick up with Jesus and his followers uh, after the crucifixion um, and after his resurrection. It was a period of time over a month where he appeared to 500 people. And this is uh, one of the stories uh, from that time. So Luke chapter 24, uh, picking up verse 15. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. And he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, a phrase that we read a few times, meaning that then Jesus taught for a while, pointing, uh, interpreting the Scriptures and showing them how the Scriptures pointed to him. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. This is the message. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for that message. Yeah? I, being a person who is not perfect, I have needed forgiveness. And I'm thankful that that's the message. Jesus is saying, listen, this is what's important. This is what matters. This is from my life. This is the message. This is the point. This is the main thing I want to live with you. And what we also see is he makes specific reference to their role as witnesses. Which is important. This is bookending Luke's account. Um, eyewitness accounts so that the witnesses could help other people become witnesses. And Jesus gives them this mission of being a witness. Of, and what, is the, what does that mean? Well, it's very simply to carry this simple, profound, life-changing message. This forgiveness, and that's, that's what we see in that passage. Forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And I would kind of summarize the words of Jesus in a few places with this. Freedom 
Forgiveness and new spiritual life are available in Jesus. And you say, thank you? Come on, that's good. It's good news. Freedom, forgiveness, and new spiritual life are available in Jesus. It doesn't say you've got to do these things to deserve it. It doesn't say you've got to do these things to earn it. It says this is what is accomplished, what is available to you. Jesus made clear the focus of God's big picture message. We see in John 3.16, God loved the world so much, He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. And, and look at this. This is what Peter and the witnesses of Jesus were focused on communicating constantly everywhere. We see in Acts 10.43, everyone who believes in Him will have their sins forgiven through His name. That's what they were communicating constantly. And look, here's the message that early believers and Paul focused on telling in the city of Rome. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the message of the early church at large that they were focused on. We see in Acts 13, 38, 39. Through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God, something the law of Moses could never do. It's a repeated theme, a constant theme. And how does it work itself out? Ephesians 2.8, God saved you by his grace. When you believed, you can't take credit from this, it's a gift of God. It's by grace. Romans 8.1, so there's now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Shame culture should be no more. Not something that you're a part of. We, we refuse with a godly defiance to carry that around. Because we belong to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. This is exciting. This is our message. This is, I submit to you, the most important thing in your life. The, the, the most life-giving, exciting, reviving, no matter what else might be disappointing, discouraging, might go bad, might be beyond your control, this should be invigorating. Becoming a part of your personal identity. Bringing joy where joy isn't. It's new life, freedom, forgiveness, and new spiritual life are available in Jesus. I want to pause for prayer right here, right now. Maybe you're here and you're not feeling it. Maybe you've been a believer and you need to bring your spirit your, back into alignment with what God has said and made available. And then... Get your thoughts and emotions into alignment with that truth.
Or maybe you've been a believer, you've walked away from God and it's time to come back to that wholehearted devotion. Or maybe you've been around this, but you've never made that decision to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. To accept this new life. So I want to pause and pray right now. I want to pray a simple prayer that you can repeat after me. And then I want to pray for you. Because this should be a central focus, a clear message on the inside of us so that we can live out of a joyful thank you. All right, let's pray. So you want to come to Jesus, receive Jesus. Feel free to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sin. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past and I turn to you. Thank you. Lord, we're so glad that you bring us into your presence, into your love, that you showed us real love through Jesus, that you have already done so much to make it available for us. Thank you. We receive your love. We receive your grace. Lord, help us to be more aware of you than anything else in our life. Help us to be more focused on you than anything else in our life. Lord, we rejoice that this new life, this freedom, this forgiveness is available in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here we are on this Sunday. We celebrate the ninth anniversary of this church. City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. A perfect Sunday for us to be reminded of the message that we have. Of the clarity of it. The simplicity of it. The power of it. An important day for us to be reminded that all that we do, all of our efforts, and every time we gather, should be focused on this. This is the why. For, for us as a church, City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus, this is the why. Why we do what we do. Everything that we have done up until this point, everything that we would aim to do. This is our filter. This is our focus. This is our motivation. Aren't you thankful? We're not here around someone's crackpot ideas. We're here to simply live out of a thank you for this new life that God's made possible for us. So I want to spend a little bit of time to talk about this past year and talk about the year to come. Well, first of all, I'm very thankful to say, which unfortunately there are churches who can't say, that over the past year, we've seen several salvations. See, several people give their life to Jesus, receive the grace of Jesus. Can we just have a cheer for that? Come on. And we've done baptisms. 
And I'm thankful that we moved to a new place to worship. After a long search, we moved out of a place that was just an empty wood shell to this place. And so we have our own baptismal. We can do water baptisms here. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that this gives us an opportunity to be who we are. I'm thankful that it gives us an opportunity to spend time with each other. And this picture is from a first first day with uh, city kids in the classroom. I'm thankful that we have classrooms for the kids. Amen. We have more toilets than before. We have we have a youth hall. We have space to enjoy that's predictable, that's safe, which we didn't have uh, in our last facility. Um, I'm thankful because we went from having to set up everything, every chair, and tear it all down and sweep it all up. I'm thankful that we went from place where the, the kids had to meet in cramped quarters in our little row house to having ample space now. Aren't you thankful? Uh, that was an, an important part uh, of this past year. Um, the uh, Our youth ministry has done a whole bunch of stuff this year from snow tubing. We had uh, 31 um, at our snow tubing event. Uh, we've gone to uh, gunpowder uh, in the summer and, and enjoyed time uh, in the water. We had a hayride, uh, hay corn maze, uh, youth camp uh, in the summer with uh, other network churches, which is just awesome. Uh, time out in the fall, the hayride and the corn maze. Uh, we have uh, had a chance to take youth to the conference uh, in November. Um, and I'm thankful that because of the faithful giving of this church, we've had the funds to be able to provide all of those services to students who couldn't afford to uh, pay their own expenses. I'm really thankful for Melinda and her leadership and her ministry to um, our youth. Why don't we give her a hand? Uh, and I'm thankful that Daniel and everyone else who's also come uh, leading uh, worship and small groups and activities uh, every time we gather first and third Fridays of the month. Uh, and uh, coming up on the 31st, we've got um, an outing, uh, laser tagging, some other stuff as well. Uh, and then snow tubing coming up uh, in February again. Oh, I got ahead of myself next year. Uh, since uh, 2014 we have underwritten the cost of housing, food, education, and health care for Ismail Durisma in Haiti in the Wings of Refuge Home for uh, Children Without Parents. And coming up on February 6th, he's going to turn 12 years old. You see a picture of him there. Uh, that's something that we are able to do financially uh, as a church family. Uh, we also didn't have uh, a lot of pictures, but we also uh, helped in a significant way uh, with festivals uh, in this neighborhood with Hamden Fest and the Toilet Races and the Waverly Village Fair, which merged with National Night Out, which was quite an event this past year as the thunder and lightning came and, <laughs> and totaled some tents and uh, a lot of fun with uh, everybody that was at both of those events. And at both of those events, I had people that uh, are not a part of church uh, that came to me and said, wow, this is what Christians should look like and do. And uh, we really um, have accomplished some stuff with 
donating food, donating water, donating our services in those uh, neighborhood festivals uh, in a way that has made a difference. Um, and, you know, I have relationships with a lot of those folks that's been really uh, meaningful. Uh, we also participated with Toys for Tots this year, um, helping give away toys. Uh, there was, I believe the number was 2,800 families that were served with Toys for Tots this year. It was unbelievable. I think it took six weeks for my sinuses and ears to be the same. Uh, handing out bi- bicycles um, out in the wind and the cold. But man, it was amazing. And these families that you see pictured here, just tears of joy uh, from these moms and uh, being able to see their kids uh, given gifts that they just did not think was possible. Uh, we also hosted um, Advent prayer here on a couple of the several uh, uh, prayer times with uh, some of our uh, churches that were in relationship uh, citywide. Um, and that is also a part of the fact that we facilitate, we organize, facilitate, and provide some of the food for a monthly pastor prayer lunch. Uh, There is a network of churches that we are a part of that has given us the opportunity to do a number of things, uh, encouraging some churches going through very serious struggles, uh, providing strategic counsel to some churches that have been planted that are new in Baltimore. We've been a part of that this year. It's been very exciting. Um, And there's actually further strategic um, things that are happening. We have provided the worship for and organization for um, a pastor retreat, as well as a couple of night um, conference in New York with the pastors and wives from Baltimore. And it has made a significant difference uh, to those churches. We're connected with a, a few other groups as well. And in this coming year... Uh, We are helping coach churches in the area of preaching, and we are working strategically on a collective church planting effort in Baltimore City. You may not have known that, but that's what we are a part of, and your faithful service, your faithful contributions uh, make that possible. I think it's uh, important to uh, also mention that that's given us the opportunity to do a couple of things. One, um, on the left you see the Hamden Family Center. We have helped underwrite the cost of a couple of the kids in their summer programming that otherwise would not have a place to go, food, programming, activities, uh, and things uh, in this neighborhood, which has been uh, incredibly helpful, a nonprofit that we have served here in the neighborhood that provides uh, food, vocational training, computer training, um, lunch and activity, social gathering for seniors, and a variety of things. But in particular, we helped uh, with the cost of some of the, the children participating in the program. We also, on the right, have con- um, connected with the American Bible Society that in Baltimore is now linked up with 130 churches, uh, training uh, facilitators in trauma healing groups. Uh, This year, there are going to be new trauma healing groups that are going to be started, and we have underwritten the cost of two of the leaders to go through the training that has uh, uh, been done this month, Um, and it is an incredible opportunity. It is something that has worked very well in highly traumatized urban areas in third world countries and in the U.S., and that is going to be a new movement in Baltimore that is going to help people who suffer trauma in a way that is qualified, that is helpful, that is transformative. And we are one of the churches that is helping to fund that, helping to facilitate it, helping to make it possible. 
that's only possible through you. You, you, you need to understand that to other people in Baltimore, you are known. You are heroes. You are the church. The building is not the church. The gathering on Sundays is not the church. You are the church. And as a local church, in our collaborative, coordinated effort, you have made a significant difference. You're truly heroes. You've made it possible for us to help people that have transitioned from homelessness into a place of having a place to live. You have made it possible for us through Celebrate Recovery and our Celebrate Recovery prison ministry help people. Did you know that most in the last two years, most of the salvations that we have seen, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20, have come through our prison ministry. Did you know that? You make that possible. I mean, Brian and Holly are, are, are people that are known around the city for our ministry. And you make that possible. Your faithful service, your, your funding, your connectedness, your encouragement. And right now, there are people that come here on a Wednesday night, maybe you've not had a chance to see or meet yet, but that have found unprecedented freedom from addiction to substances and other issues that wouldn't have found it otherwise. Still, the concept of church is still new to them, but you make that possible. You're a hero to them. And we've seen this month dramatic things. And, and to, in order to provide these people with dignity, we don't take their pictures and we don't share all the details of their story. We want them to be able to become a part of the church and not, not feel embarrassed and not feel like they have to talk about everything in their story. But this is a part of what we are known for in this city. There are churches that come to us for advice with this. There are organizations that come to us for advice with this because we see results. We see people changed. And I mean changed in unprecedented ways. I have had doctors and social workers and police officers ask me, how are you guys doing this? That's you. You make this happen. You make this possible. Can we get like a hand clap, a cheer? Come on. That's a good thing we've been a part of this year. It's, it's been an amazing year in a lot of ways. It has been an unprecedented year in a lot of ways. We have seen more growth, more life change, more salvations uh, than we have seen in years past. It's been amazing. Now, this is due in part to the fact that we have partner churches. Let's show just several pictures of, of pastors of churches spread around the U.S., um, and abroad that have sown seeds of, of funds and counsel and advice for us and help to us, that care about us, that pray for us, that are celebrating with us today. And our elders, 
the elders of this church that every week are receiving um, reports and involved in the decision making and the financial stewardship of this church. On the far left, uh, Stephen Sharon Stells uh, down in Richmond, Virginia, and then Howard and Donna Ruchinsky and Lanny and Joanne Hubbard that are out in Portland, and uh, Pastor Jack Loman, who's in heaven now, and his wife Libby that are still a constant encouragement to us. Our home church, Mana House in Portland, Oregon, uh, expanding their network, including more uh, in the way of strategic support and help, which we're going to talk more about next week. Uh, in helping us and, and we report to weekly and give us, uh, give us guidance and help in our network of churches, Ministers uh, Fellowship International, which are incredibly active internationally uh, um, in Haiti, um, in, in Africa, in Asia. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, more specifically in a moment and in the future. Um, but also in Puerto Rico, multiple churches in Puerto Rico, um, our network of churches that we are a spiritual family with are accomplishing amazing, unprecedented things. And you are a part of that family. You are a part of that family. And that is how we have the strength to take next steps. And here's one of the things that that's going to include. We're going to have the opportunity this coming year to join with some of their short-term outreach mission teams. There are teams that will be going to South America, to Asia, um, and to Africa. And in the future, I'm going to be sharing details. If you want to join one of the teams going to another country uh, to do something to make a difference, it's going to be possible. Uh, We're looking at also uh, making uh, similar trips with our own youth group. We've got some plans uh, involved uh, with that. Uh, More on that in the future. But we've got opportunities that are amazing. Um, This building gives us the opportunity now to do things that we haven't done before. Uh, We are working on the possibility of some regional training and hosting that. This coming Saturday, February 1st, we're going to host a memorial service for a uh, a family in the neighborhood that has just been rocked by a sudden death. And and we have now the opportunity to just free of charge, just bless them. That's going to be Saturday, February 1st at noon. If you'd like to come, feel free to come. You can come early, you know, bring a little bit of something in the way of food or a card or some encouragement. Uh, That's something that we're going to do. We have the opportunity to serve the community in new ways now. Um, At the end of February, the last weekend in February, uh, one of our network churches up in the Northeast is going to bring a team, a handful, a few people to come and help us with some projects here in the facility. Uh, Ray Beebe has been uh, helping organize uh, some of the some of the painting and put in a lot of his own uh, blood, sweat and tears to that end. We're going to do more in the way of facility improvements here, which are going to help us in a number of ways. Uh, some of the things that we have been preparing for and working on would be the addition of a wheelchair um, elevator from this floor down to the fellowship hall floor. Um, it's a long-term project we've been working on. Uh, Daniel's been gracious enough to volunteer his time on the architectural side. Uh, we are looking at applying for grants for funds that are available to do that, uh, which so it, it may be possible with no funds of our own. But that would also include a renovation of this space of, up here and an improvement of the welcome space. Uh, we want to improve restrooms. We also want to add um, air conditioning uh, to this room. 
so that's you know going to be an expensive project. But we have a long-term vision, plans that are going to help us make a better difference. But I want you to know also what happens here week in and week out is a food pantry, providing food for people that need it. And we are in the process and works and joining with Hamden United Methodists and the other churches that help have helped make that possible. Really, just a collection of less than a dozen um, elderly saints that have made this food pantry possible. We are in plans with other churches to strengthen that effort, help improve the organization of that effort, and to do more in the way of feeding people that need it. Does that sound good? And so our, to improve this facility, it'll make it better for us every time that we're here, but it will also make it better for people that are coming here, whether it be for celebrate recovery or to receive food um, and other, other things that we would like to do uh, in the future. We also have been working on the plans, um, and it looks like it's going to be possible for the first time to do our own fully blown um, vacation Bible school for kids in the summer. Um, that's an exciting plan. That's, um, I, I mean, I'm talking full blown with activities and decorations. I might put some of you in costume. I mean, we've got some really exciting um, opportunities uh, for that. Um, also, um, to increase and improve um, our current children's ministry and youth ministry activities. We've got ideas to expand what we do with middle school, what we do with high school, um, and also for the transition from high school to college. Uh, we're going to be rolling out um, uh, essentially university prep courses for our uh, high school upperclassmen. I've been, I've been working on this for months, um, and it's not me and my teaching. It's actually from Portland Bible College, um, and they are Excellent, excellent. A two-year program um, of prep in that way. We have been working on a number of ways of better collaboration um, with the organizations and the churches here in Hamden and in Waverly. We've got a lot that is in front of us. Strategic connections that we have been building for years that are going to make things possible in the future. And over and over and over, uh, when organizations that we work with that see the results of what we do find out how new, how the size of our church, they're always really surprised. It's always, you guys are the newest and the smallest church doing the most. That's our reputation in this city. That's your reputation in this city. And I believe on a spiritual front, we are going to see more in the way of people receiving salvation and freedom. Freedom from guilt, freedom from shame, freedom from addiction. We're going to see an increase. And I believe that this is going to include your family members, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. We're going to see our homes become a place of peace in our neighborhoods. But one of the ways that that's possible, you can take with you invite cards. Always, they're always here. And invite someone. Invite someone to come on a Sunday. Invite someone. There's invite cards for Celebrate Recovery. Invite someone to come to anything and everything that we do. You are 
an amazing, amazing church. It has been wonderful to finally be in a facility that's safe, in a facility where we can do more, and where I can genuinely say I'm really excited about the future. And I also want to say that this year, you as a church family have poured out love on my family like never before. We have been blown away at your encouragement, at your teamwork, at your generosity. And we are thrilled, thrilled to be a part of this church. So today, downstairs in the fellowship hall, we have brunch prepared. We have a small gift for you. For every, every household, we've got a small gift for you prepared downstairs. I want you to enjoy. So I'm going to pray and bless the food. And let's have a party. Thank you, God, for all that you have already done through us. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in us. And thank you, God, for the hope and the future you have before us. Lord, we pray your blessing, Lord, on today, on our homes, and on this meal that we're going to share. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. Grace and peace to you. Let's go downstairs. Thank <laughs> you.